Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You. Through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health, this podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi everyone, this is your host, Natalina of the Rise Up For You podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today in the new year of 2018. Today we are going to be talking with Stacy Cox on a really important subject, overcoming the perfectionist mindset. I know as women, sometimes this is something that we really, really struggle with. We always want to make sure that we're doing everything right, that we please everyone, and that we do everything as perfectly as possible. And today, she's going to help us overcome that mindset and really be able to accept the flaws that we have and realize that they help us grow. Before we jump into the episode, I do want to encourage you guys to head over to our website, www.riseofyou.com. We have so many new goodies and resources for you guys for 2018, some incredible programs programs that have been launched and we really want to make sure that you benefit and you take advantage of them within our community. We have our mastermind for women that run their own company. We have our rise up retreats where you get to get away for two days and really build the confidence mindset and align your soul with some of the top experts in today's industry. And of course, we have our rise up for you membership where you get exclusive benefits throughout the year. Not to mention our new resources page where we have ebooks, practices, workbooks, all kinds of stuff for you to get to the next step professionally and personally. So again, make sure you head over to our website, riseofyou.com, and check out everything new that we have going on for 2018. So now back to our episode with Stacey Cox. She's a licensed psychotherapist, and she's going to be talking with us about how to overcome the perfectionist mindset. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Stacey, thank you so much for joining us on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show. We always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guests. So can you tell us about yourself and what it is that you do? Sure, Netta. And thank you so much for having me today. It's truly an honor and a joy to be here. Um, So I am a licensed psychotherapist and a certified life and recovery coach. I'm also a licensed advanced alcohol and drug counselor and a certified hypnotherapist. I have a full-time practice in a holistic center, actually in Santa Monica, California, and a very small practice in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I work primarily with adolescents and teens and adults, individuals, couples, and also families, um, with an area of focus on trauma, addiction, which also includes eating disorders, relationship issues, anxiety, which also includes perfectionism. And then the second, that those are like two businesses. And then I also am the co-founder of a company called Pi Therapy LA, which is um, a very experiential way to kind of work through issues often emerge when you're baking. And so folks learn how to bake a pie and then also learn how to work through personal challenges such as perfectionism, which often occur when folks are baking. Um, and it's a very transformative out of the box kind of way to, to work through these issues. And um, we offer these classes to rehabs and eating disorder facilities, sober livings, and also te- as a team building activity for, for places um, as well to kind of, you know, bridge the gap 
up um, in the communication realm with um, people and their businesses. What a great idea. And the final piece I want to say is just, oh, so sorry. Um, thank you. And I was just going to say that I'm also the proud mother of a second grader, and um, she's the happiest person I know and by far my greatest teacher. I love that. Um, so tell us how you got in. I mean, this is a really big field. You're doing incredible work. It's very, very needed. Um, but how did you get into this field? Is this something that it, your heart has always wanted to do? Or was there a specific time in, in your life or a journey that kind of led you here? Yes. Um, so the, the pivotal piece for me is that, that when I was seven years old, um, I had an experience where my parents split up and they had a very messy divorce, which lasted about three years. And it was extremely challenging for everyone, especially for my older brother and myself. And although I know now my parents were doing the absolute best they could at the time with the tools they had, um, the entire process was very traumatizing on everyone. And I believe that if we'd all been given the tool of consistent individual and family counseling, this big transition would probably have been a lot less damaging and would have left a lot less emotional scars on everybody. Um, so based on that experience, I made a decision when I was a teenager, I really wanted to be a therapist to help others deal with managing grief and other big transitions um, that occur like divorce. You know, it's really important when I'm, when I'm not working with Rise Up For You, um, I do a lot of work at the college and I work with young adults and it's, it's so disheartening to see some of them that don't want to get the help Right. Um, and then there's a lot there, right. you know, again, addiction, trauma from childhood, um, death, so many different things. Um, how and I think as a society, we're getting a little bit better at, you know, supporting and promoting, you know, that it's OK if you go talk to somebody, you know, kind of what's your take on all that? And what are some ways that if we know somebody that needs a little bit of guidance, how do we support them and, and kind of encourage them to seek some help so that they don't carry it for 20, 30, 40 years, basically their entire life? Um, that's a great question. Well, I think the key is, is you know, I, I always say we're only as sick as our secrets. So I think, you know, anyone opening up to anyone about a challenge, you know, whatever age they are. And, you know, for kids, it's hard because, um, you know, if it's like a seven-year-old, they might not turn to a peer to talk about this stuff. So I think, you know, teachers can be, um, you know, big resources. I think anyone who's got a bird's eye view about what's going on with a child and you know there's certain symptoms that i think present often with schoolwork and things like that and then um, like you said it's like so key to try to catch these things earlier in life because what i often see in my practice is that people have kind of stuffed whatever the feelings they are you know whether it's with food or with um, alcohol or other substances or even with work um you know some of the process addictions and they haven't dealt with it and so i think you know one of the things is is that I feel like the stigma to go into therapy has been removed. Like, I agree with you. I think things have changed, you know, certainly, you know, back from, let's say, when I was seven and we had gone through divorce, I think that was one of the things is that therapy wasn't as well known. And I think if you went and you were kind of like ostracized or you're just considered like not, this was not so normal. But nowadays, um, you know, I often say, I, I hear clients almost bragging about it, you know, like, oh, I'm going to my therapy session today. And that's so encouraging. Like, you know, people are, are wanting to change themselves because they know like they're either stuck in a rut or the big thing I see with clients is that they 
are watching these behavioral patterns show up like, oh, this, you know, relationship ended and I noticed there was this pattern with that person and wow, it just keeps following me around like a habit that can't leave. And, um, you know, that they want to change that. And so I think the more that we just educate people like this is okay, this is actually a healthy thing to step into therapy. And then whether it's a friend or a teacher or wherever, you know, whatever stage in life we are with that person, um, feels comfortable and even saying to the individual that looks like he or she needs to get help, like, Hey, you know, what can I do to help support you right now? Um, and knowing the resources in our community, I think are so important too, especially if someone is, is um, professing to be suicidal. Like that's a big one. You know, there are hotlines available and even taking someone to like, say an AA meeting for the first time, if that's what they, you know, part of their journey that they need to be on or saying like, I'll go to your therapy appointment with you. You know, anything like that, I think is crucial as far as the supportive process. Yeah. I lo- I think that's so incredible. And again, very, very needed. Um, I know you talk a lot about this idea of having a perfectionist mindset and sometimes um, that can kind of get in the way of our addictions and our habits that we have. Um, you know, our audience is predominantly women. We do have men that listen, but, um, you know, in working with women, I see that the perfectionist mindset is something that really gets in our way as, as a gender. And I would really love to kind of pick your brain and, and talk about the perfectionist mindset and how we can kind of overcome that. Yes, absolutely. So um, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think that it's definitely men and women. But um, for sure, I think we get really hit with it hard as females. And living in LA, I, I feel like it's almost another level, um, just as far as, you know, being so close to, you know, some of the things that go on in the media here, etc. And, um, and even as a parent, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that parenting can often come with so much perfectionism, too. Um, so the first thing that I, I think is important to distinguish is um, a lot of people don't realize that shame and perfectionism are almost like best friends. And so where there's perfectionism, there's you know pretty much always shame. And, um, and then the other piece I want to break down is how a lot of people confuse shame and guilt. And um, shame is, you know, I am bad and guilt is I did something bad. And from all my you know, research on this, I can definitely guarantee that guilt does motivate us. If I did something wrong or a negative behavior, like it's helpful to know that so that I can't, will not do it again the next time, you know, that there's an area to improve, but shame is paralyzing. There's absolutely nothing positive about it. And it, it keeps us actually locked in a prison. And, you know, just the thought of like, I am bad or I am worthless, whatever the I am negative statements are. And so I think that's a big piece, you know, certainly with my work with my clients is to have them distinguish, you know, where, what are they experiencing? Is it shame or guilt? Um, Shame or embarrassment, shame or um, humiliation. And, um, you know, bringing this back to the perfectionism piece, there are so many people pleasers out there. And this is men and women that I see, you know, which feeds into a little bit of the codependency stuff too. And um, a lot of people feel that, um, You know, it's like the whole mindset of if I just do everything right, then, you know, no one will really see what's going on inside of me, which is, again, feeding back into the shame. Like, um, you know, I'm doing everything perfectly so that and that's including people pleasing so that no one really sees how how much pain I'm in or that I actually can't do it right or whatever the the thing is. And, um, you know, Brene Brown, who's a big researcher with um, shame, talks about the 20 pound, or I think she calls it the 20 ton shield and how, 
Um, you know, we carry this armor sort of around us thinking that it's protecting us when it's actually completely hurting us um, because no one can really see us for who we are. And then we're so scared to show the real us and we can't be authentic. And, um, you know, it's constantly like you're putting on an act. It's exhausting. Um, and, you know, you just feel like a fake and uh, obviously totally inauthentic. So it's, um, I think it's a, it's a heavy thing. And again, going in into like the media, yeah, it's like women basically are supposed to look like, you know, we get up, we have, you know, our, we're supposed to basically look quote unquote perfect, but not have spent a moment putting ourselves together and then, you know, act perfect, you know, throughout the day, like never look like, you know, we're tired or that we can't take it all on. Um, you know, it's like, just take more and more on and, um, you know, even like later on in the day, it's like when we're obviously exhausted, we're still still supposed to just kind of like dial up the energy when we are, you know, exhausted a lot of times. And um, and again, that's just kind of putting on the happy face when that's really not what's going on here. And the other thing I just wanted to say, Netta, about that is that um, the perfectionism piece versus like just striving for excellence, um, because I think a lot of people get it confused. Perfectionism is really going after like the unobtainable, like it's not realistic. And with um, striving for excellence, like you're just trying to do your very best. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I would encourage that as being like a healthy thing. Um, and I actually put together some tips on releasing perfectionism because I just am such a believer that it's just poisonous to carry that you know, in us. Um, I really just feel like it's so self-sabotaging and I'd love to share those with you if that's okay. Absolutely. Please, please dive into it. Okay. Beautiful. So, um, one of them is that nothing releases perfectionism, like being a parent that you really have to let go of expectations and rigidity and learn how to go to the flow, you know, with the flow, whether you like it or not. And I also said like being in a relationship forces us to be called out on our stuff and not live in a box in our thinking. I tell all of my clients, you know, we do the most work on ourselves, not being solo, but really being in a relationship and whatever that relationship is, you know, there are a lot of ways we could define relationship, but the point is, is to be challenged and called on our stuff. And so I think that's also important, you know, as we move through the release of the perfectionism piece. Um, another thing, and I am, um, I, I let my clients know I'm definitely in recovery for perfectionism. And so one of the things that I recommend and that I do myself is I wake up, you know, in the morning and I get out of bed and I just kind of remind myself, hey, we're all imperfect beings. Um, I, I'm one of them. I have character defects and that the errors that might occur throughout my day to day are only going to help me grow. They're not mistakes. They're just learnings. And you know, that, that also just humanizes me. And I feel like that's powerful with clients, too, and, and people in general. And then another piece is learning what grounds us and practicing the art of self-care daily. I think it's so important, again, when we're in that perfectionism mode, it's like, you know, it's the yes, 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 I'll do it all versus like, wait a minute, maybe I actually need to take care of myself since the primary relationship is the one with me and, um, and, and figuring out, you know, what grounds you might be different than what grounds me. Maybe your thing is meditating. Maybe mine is walking on beach or going for a hike in the mountains or, you know, doing a gratitude list or whatever. Um, but I think, you know, stepping back from the world and really honoring ourselves is so important because that's only putting stock in the fact that like, I do have self-worth, like I'm worth this time. And, um, all that self-care is about self-love versus self-loathing and perfectionism to me is very self-loathing. 
Um, another piece here is that I talk about making humor a daily ritual practice in our personal and professional worlds. Um, you know, I feel like that's the best dose of medicine. I practice that with my family. I practice that in my, um, my, each of my private practices. I feel like it's such an important piece to humanize us and, you know, just to be able to even laugh at ourselves. Um, but humor, it, you know, I just feel like that's, again, a, a big dose of medicine right there that um, is pretty obtainable. And then finally, the being authentic piece and, and living true to our values um, to the best of our ability that reminds us we're humans versus being robots. You know, we are human beings versus human doings and just the whole concept of, of really you know, speaking our truth and walking our talk. And with perfectionism, we're obviously not being authentic, as I mentioned before. Mm, that Those are really great uh, tips. Thank you so much for sharing them. As mentioned before off air, we haven't um, touched on this topic yet in any of our episodes. So this is really valuable for us. Thank you. Stacy. I would love to jump into the power section of the interview. Can you tell us one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us? Yes, I, I can. Um, thank you. I, it would definitely be one of Brene Brown's books. It's a tough one because I'm, I really love all of her books, but um, the one that I'm most closely attached to is Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead. And the thing is, there's so many wonderful tips in this book for men and women on stepping out of perfectionism by learning the process of being vulnerable. And this is, to me, her first book that she really actually focused on men as well as women. Um, and she talks about, you know, the idea that, um, you know, the combination of vulnerability and shame and, you know, some of these pieces I mentioned before, but just like wherever perfectionism is, there is shame. I feel like she really does a beautiful job of explaining the differences because what triggers men into shame and experiencing or feeling shame is actually different than what triggers women into feeling shame and we experience it differently. And she calls these things the shame webs, which causes us to not want to be vulnerable. And when we're not vulnerable, we're not willing to be you know, courageous to connect, to, um, you know, to build rapport and relationships. So again, it keeps us prisoner. It keeps us isolated. And um, it keeps us in, as, in secrecy. And as we talked about before, we're only as sick as our secrets. And so she talks about really appreciating the beauty of our cracks, as in our character defects. And um, I find with all the Brene Brown books, the TED Talks she does, the YouTubes that they're super helpful with clients who are navigating shame and, um, and again, figuring out the breakdown of what is shame and guilt, what is shame and embarrassment, what are the differences. And um, you know, so many of my clients are in recovery. And I mean, I myself believe we're all in recovery for something anyway in life, whether it's substances or depression or trauma or whatever. And I just feel like, um, you know, this is such a powerful tool to use because when we're in recovery, a lot of times we're in shame. And so this helps pull us out of there. She also has um, some powerful manifestos in there about how do you live life more heartily, including a parenting manifesto. And the final thing I want to say about this book is I think why it was so compelling is on the very first page, she has a brilliant quote by Theodore Roosevelt, and it's from his speech, Citizenship in a Republic. And I won't go into the details of the quote because it's super long, but I will tell you that it's basically all about the credit 
going to the person who can actually step into the arena of life, despite all of the ups and downs that life has to offer us, um, you know, that just hands us, and that how even if he fails, at least he has failed while daring greatly. And of course, that ties in, um, you know, the title of the book. And I just think it's brilliant to remember that, you know, if we can just kind of remember that life, you know, we're not meant to just stay close to shore, you know, like, like the ship, we're meant to go out and exploring. And yeah, we might, you know, get hit with a bunch of wind or whatever. But you know, that's not what life is for is to just kind of hang out and, and be safe. We're meant to go out and explore. And yeah, we might have something that, you know, mimics failure. But to me, the failure is really about the person who's not willing to do that. You know, it's it's not willing to step in there because everything is a learning. And if we let the fear stop us, which is often tied in with shame, then we're never going to progress in life. And we're not meant to have stunted growth. We're meant to really go towards self-actualization. Stacy, and what's one value that you have in your life that you've always stuck by throughout your journey? Um, that is a great question. So um, I love that you're asking about values because I do use them in my practice all the time. Um, and I use them with coaching and with my psychotherapy clients. My biggest is authenticity, hands down. And, um, you know, I think the big thing about values for me is that, you know, there's one thing about just saying like, yeah, I think this is important to me, but the key is, is about honor. And for me, every day, I try to really stay in a place of integrity and walk my talk. And I you know, do the same thing with my clients. I let them know, you know, oftentimes when we're doing the values work, I'll use the example, you know, my big number one value is authenticity. And for me, that is like the foundation. Everything else that is value, you know, that means um, importance to me comes after that. But without that, I'm totally thrown off kilter. So it's a big one. And that, that you know, it's to me like that's the moral compass. If you could leave the world with one final message, we call it the golden nugget here. What would that be for you, Stacey? Beautiful question. Um, so mine would definitely be living life with no regrets. And that powerful motto came about because when I was 22, my father um, died unexpectedly in a plane crash. And, um, you know, it was pretty heavy as I was moving through my graduate school work and trying to kind of focus on still becoming a therapist, knowing that was so important. Um, and I went through EMDR, eye movement desensitization reprocessing technique, which is now a model I offer for my clients, a therapeutic technique. And I realized that through this whole process, as I was grieving, that life could be taken from us at any point in time. And it was such a precious gift. And I did not want to have any regrets, um, you know, as I moved through life to the best of my ability knowing that, again, this could be taken at any point in time. And so an example of that was even when you had reached out um, to be on the show. You know, I had some trepidation, but the, um, the idea of having, like, a regret around it far outweighed any of the fear. And I'm, of course, here now, and I'm so grateful for it. And I bring this into my practice with my clients all the time and just saying, you know, uh, the idea of, like, you know, what would you do if you only had a year to live, you know, um, how do you want to leave your mark on the world? Like, what are your bucket list items? You know, just kind of thinking like, how do we embrace this idea of, of living life with no regret and, and really stepping through the fear? You know, the fear is just, it's, it's not, you know, it's just something that we make up anyway. It's not, it's not reality. I love that answer. And when you hear the phrase, um, 
Rise Up For You. As you know, that's the company, that's the podcast. What does that mean to you? Wow. Um, I love that that is your company. I think it's such a powerful, um, just a, it's a powerful way to energize people. And what comes into my mind is just simply empowerment. And um, I know I'm a big, big believer in empowerment. I, my website has the word empowerment in it. And it, it's, it's basically stepping up, you know, stepping into yourself, empowering yourself, um, taking yourself to the next level, whatever that is. And um, you know, to me, again, it's like life is not meant to be in status quo mode. And I feel like everything that, you know, your business is about is about empowering. I know particularly women, but like you said, you know, there's men certainly that are listening to these podcasts. And I just think it's incredible about the idea of how do we take ourselves to the next level? And I mean, there's so many different ways to do that. Stacy, thank you so much for your time here today. How do we stay connected and how do we support you? Um, thanks so much, Netta. Again, this has truly been an honor and a joy. Um, so uh, my website is stacycoxempowerment.com. Um, so it's S-T-A-C-I-E-C-O-X empowerment.com. So that's one way to find me. And then also, if anyone's ever interested in taking um, a, a pie therapy class, then they could connect with the Gourmandy School of Cooking website, um, which is spelled G-O-U-R-M-A-N-D-I-S-E, um, Cooking School of Santa Monica. And, um, and the pastry chef is right out of Paris, um, Clement Cassette. And uh, all of our information is on there for myself and the co-founder, Sarah Barthol, who's also a seasoned clinician in L.A. Wonderful. Thank you again so much, Stacey, for joining us today. Thank you as well. All right. Take care. Thank you again for joining the Rise of You podcast. Again, this is your host, Natalina. We want to make sure that outside of the podcast, you're still growing and always getting continuous knowledge and our six pillars. So we want to make sure that you head over to our website, www.riseofyou.com and take full advantage of the free resources and the benefits that we have there. We have articles and contributors from around the world. We have a number of other podcast episodes, webinars, and a ton of tools and strategies and tips that are going to help you rise up to the next step professionally and personally. Personally. You can find us on every social media avenue. We're on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Rise Up For You. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Everything is at Rise Up For You, and we would love for you to join us. And definitely, you're going to want to head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, and get your free startup kit. We have compiled the top podcast interviews, the top webinars, and the top articles that fall in our six pillars, plus a free startup guide, the six pillars to a process first life that's going to help you take that first step to really finding and building the life that you want professionally and personally. So again, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you get access to that startup kit for free. And don't forget to share. Our main mission is to empower, educate, and connect women globally. And we need your help to do that. So please help us spread the word, spread the message, share our content, share what Rise Up For You is about and help us help you and other women around the world. Thank you again for joining us. Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.